I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this is PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and we're featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. And with me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what up? Night pod! We got ourselves a night pod. Uh, the Thunder beat the Trailblazers last night, 120 to 111. There was no Jeremy Grant. There was no Dennis Schroeder, because he's... <laughs> had a baby a and baby. the thunder just killed them i thought man you know what there's a lot of excuses on the table the blazers are good like this is not just any team that came into okc last night this is the blazers who are probably firmly a playoff team in the western conference yeah and, and there, i think there's five of those right now maybe six but they're one of these teams. Like that's a good team that came in here, and the Thunder made them look uh, kind of sorry. Yeah, and the craziest part to me was that first half was like unbelievable, and so you just assumed like, okay, this this isn't going to keep up, and it didn't it didn't totally keep up. Yeah, but they still were incredible in the second half, at least closing the game. Um, I because I was just like, man, this Deontay and Felton show. <laughs> How this sustainable is this, right? <laughs> yeah, this is not going to go on forever. And it's not like, other than Paul George, anyone else was playing that well. So I was like, oh, man, this is going to be rough. <laughs> but they somehow just, like, held on. And it, they, I felt like they really closed it out well in the fourth quarter. I thought that was really impressive. Right. Yeah, Paul was unbelievable. Russell as well. Obviously, their stat lines. And if you're a Thunder fan, you've heard these things talked about a ton in the past day, you know, the 47, 10 assists, 12 rebound night from Paul George, just historic. Uh, Russell Westbrook getting his 10th consecutive triple double. Uh, he now owns that record, which is just crazy for the most consecutive triple doubles, 21, 11 assists, 14 rebounds. Uh, they were both incredible. And the fact that they both got their triple doubles on a pass to each other, uh, and then they did the jump thing. And when they jumped in midair, they were looking into each other's eyes and smiling. <laughs> that's like, that's like, it's just, um, it's just like everything you would want in a thunder game was right there. You're beating a quality opponent. You're really kind of an underdog in a way because you're missing two very key rotation players. Uh, and your stars just show up and not only your stars, but your, the real stars of the show, the thick daddy night, Ray Felton and Deontay Burton <laughs> scored more points than everybody else. I mean, tell, tell me this. If I told you before the game, hey, Alex, tonight, Stephen Adams is going to score nine points and have one rebound. Oh, yeah. The Alex, one rebound is insane. Right. And Alex, also, uh, Patrick Patterson's going to miss all five shots that he takes. Yeah. Uh, yep, uh, yep. And Terrence Ferguson's going to have 3,000 in the first half and only play seven minutes in the first half. Uh, 
would you have any idea that the Thunder won? And no, Nerlens Noel, two points. Nader doesn't score. Diallo plays one minute. And you don't get any minutes from Jeremy Grant or Schroeder. You'd think, oh, they lost. No, Raymond Pelton came off the bench, used literally every ounce of energy that he had, and scored 15 <laughs> points in the first half. The dude was so tired. <laughs> Did you hear what what Chris said on the on the broadcast as he's walking to the tunnel? He said, "No, what are you saying?" He said, "Get that veteran an oxygen mask." <laughs> oh, it's so sad. <laughs> but he was great. On both ends, really. And then Deontay Burton came in, played 26 minutes. The, this three-point shooting was spectacular, hitting that shot at the end of the first quarter uh, where the crowd just went berserk. The crowd last night was awesome. Uh, and then Deontay, man, he played great defense. Uh, his rotations were pretty sharp. He made some plays at the rim that were pretty incredible. I mean, the guy's going to get a contract, right? I would hope so. And the thing I like about not just him, but, you know, Nader and Diallo didn't have great games last night. But the thing I like about all three of those guys is they are all super aggressive. Uh, Nader probably to a fault. I swear every every, like Nader there was I think there was a play last night where he like passed out of it and it came back to him. And you're like, he's still going to try to do this. (laughs) I know that Nader is going to try to take this shot. I don't know why he's doing this, but he's going to. But I think back to post Reggie Jackson trade and kind of the end of that year. And then that whole next year, the MVP season, I remember thinking if we could just get some guys with some confidence off the bench, because at that time it felt like Presti had just built this team of guys who were just like totally deferring to Westbrook all the time. Yeah. And maybe that had more to do with Westbrook just being MVP Westbrook. And maybe this right now has to do more with Westbrook taking a step back and letting some of these guys do this. But this collection of aggressive guys off the bench, it's just so much different from what we've had in the past. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I think Deontay can play, and I've thought that all season. <laughs> and I felt That's crazy! I've been a little, <laughs> little bit alone on it. I've been made fun of quite a bit for it, uh, but I felt super vindicated last night, and it was very fun to watch him play and hit big shots and close the game. They had the option to play Patrick Patterson, and they said, no, we opt yeah. for Deontay Burton, our two-way you know, combo wing, to you know, close the game. And he was great, and he played great in that Houston game, too, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit as well, which is just an incredible win. Just this last this run that the Thunder have made uh, is pretty incredible. Um, at this point in the season, whenever you know, they lost those games to the Wizards and the the Wolves, and you just thought, oh, like, like what is going on here? I mean, it really was just a lack of focus from the squad. And obviously, they're, they're dialed in. They're ready for the All-Star break. Uh, and they are playing. They're one of the best three teams in the league right now, probably, with the way that yeah. they're playing. Uh, and and their, their one loss during that stretch was that really good game at Boston. In Boston, yeah. And Boston's playing really well right now. As we're talking, they're up two uh, against Philly in the you fourth You know what one of my favorite uh, Deontay moments was, though? When uh, it was just a regular free throw, and it was a Thunder free throw, and it was the one where he got clocked in the face by oh, Nurkic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because 
he's only down there so far on the block because he's so thick, yeah. but he's not super tall. He's not and tall, so I'm, no. I'm sure Nurkic just figured, well, I must be next to a really tall guy, so if I swing my arm this height, <laughs> it'll hit him in the chest, no. and it just nails him in the face. <laughs> he's just so unique. His body is weird. <laughs> he's not tall. I've stood next to him before, and he's not that much taller than probably you are. I mean, honestly. And he, like, you look at him and Felton next to each other, you're like, like he's maybe a little bit taller than Ray. He's yeah. not, he's not tall at all, but he is so strong and so athletic that he really can. He can play two through four. Uh, I don't think he's good as a two. I mean, he's just kind of a utility player, honestly. I don't know that he has, like, quote unquote, a position, uh, right. but, but he can do a lot of different things. I thought he was awesome. Uh, since we have Valentine's Day coming up, uh, what what's something that you loved from the game? The thing you loved the most? The thing I loved the most from the game? <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, I tweeted about it before the game started. It was probably uh, Raymond's Revenge. You predicted that. That well, it's right weird. when I saw that. Right when I saw that Schroeder was out, I knew yeah. who the opponent was. I immediately Googled most hated Trailblazers, Raymond <laughs> Felton, and I don't even think I had seen that blog post before. But that was from Blazers Edge. Uh-huh. They they hate Raymond Felton here oh, in Portland, do. and it's yeah. for a weird reason because it was the lockout season, and so the season started super late, and Raymond Felton apparently came in just massive. He, <laughs> he was just a very very larger than life, even than normal Raymond. <laughs> and he did not have a good season. I, I read their little blog post and they talked about how he like kicked the ball off his foot at least once a game. And it got to the point where, which is crazy, a, a franchise that's been around for that long, the guy was like, sound off in the comments with your most hated Trailblazers. <laughs> and almost <laughs> everyone was choosing Raymond Felton. Wow. I mean, the Trailblazers have been around for a while and he was only there like one or two seasons at most. They had the jailblazers. I know. They had all those guys, and still, it was Fat Raymond Felton <laughs> that, <laughs> that really took them over the edge. They had a team that had like actual criminal activity going on within it. But and I just knew Ray that, is the most hated. <laughs> I just knew that he would come out confident. Now, whether his shots were going to go in or not, who knew? Yeah. But he came out super confident. You know, he was going to jack up shots because it was that team. And stuff was just going in. Both he and Deontay were three of five from three. Yeah. Not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, they scored more points than Patterson, Adams, Ferguson, Noel, Nader, and Diallo combined. <laughs> Those two. What a night. What a night. I mean, I think the easy thing for me to say that I love the most is uh, Deontay, which is definitely true. That is definitely the thing I love the most. But just the camaraderie between Russ and Paul George is something that is super special uh, for this team, for this franchise, for the franchise moving forward. It's such a big deal that they like genuinely like each other and genuinely want each other to succeed. Uh, Because the Thunder have never... I don't know that they had that with Russell and Kevin. And I think the stuff with Russell and Kevin's overblown. Like those guys liked each other like quite a bit. Uh, it wasn't a, there wasn't a hatred there. There wasn't even a, like a, a bitterness until Kevin left. And he, the reason there was a bitterness there is because he left the way that he did. You know, they, they were never like super duper close, but they were, they were buddies. Uh, but this is different. 
this is different. And it changes the way the entire locker room operates. Uh, they all take their cues from both those guys. Uh, and they, they re- like genuinely really like each other. And so, it, yeah, and-, and you saw it on the court. I mean, it was just, it was an unbelievable night um, for Thunder fans just to watch those two. And I tweeted about it, but it's, it's games like that where you start thinking back just how crazy the situation is that it even occurred, you know, like compare it to a team like Orlando and everything they went through after losing their franchise star um, that took them to the finals, you know, Dwight Howard. And just the fact that we bounced, uh, you will never see anything like this again, especially when you consider the size of the market and everything they had going against them. Well, to make, to make that trade, to then get him to stay, yeah. and then for him to take his career to an entirely new level that we no one really thought was possible. Yeah. Well, it makes me think, because when I watched the Orlando Magic uh, 30 for 30 with Shaq and Penny and how they yeah. got that team together and then how they broke up, it looked like we were, the Thunder were going to mirror that. that they were going yeah, to sure. lose their Shaq, which was Kevin Durant, goes to California. You're left with a super athletic point guard who, you know, plays in such a way that you thought maybe he won't have a super long career like Penny. Yeah. And then kind of fade away. And, you know, the magic have, they had those years with Dwight, but they've largely suffered since then as a franchise. And they're really, really bad right now. Um, but uh, you thought that would happen. And then Sam pulled off that trade which is just astounding still. And the fact that those two happen to just become best friends, <laughs> like that you traded for. I mean, like that you're right there. The circumstances are just there. They cannot be replicated. They just cannot be uh, because the team that loses the second best player in the world, those teams usually don't survive. And now the warriors are going to survive when Kevin leaves them just because they're, they have, you know, three of the top 10 players in the world on their team. Um, but it's, it's just something that a franchise, a small market franchise won't be able to survive. Look at the Spurs right now and we can talk about the Spurs. They yeah. just, they just beat Memphis by one tonight. Like they're not, they're not a guarantee to make the playoffs. I think they still make it, but they, they've been struggling lately. Uh, and that's not a team that's going to sustain success after they lose Kawhi. Um, it's just, and think if they lost him for nothing, I mean, yeah, that's, for sure. that's what the Thunder are dealing with. So uh, the fact that you can have a game like that where it's the first game ever that two players have had uh, a triple-double on the Thunder, which is still like that kind of blows your mind a little bit. And, it is, yeah. And, and Paul George is setting all kinds of records for three-pointers made too. Uh, and he will probably be the player here, if he plays for several seasons, the player that has the most three pointers made in thunder history. Um, And what's so what's even going to be weirder is, you know, if he has, I don't know if he'll have this season again, but if he has like two more really high level seasons, I think the way we think about him versus Kevin Durant is going to start getting a little bit more muddy than we would have thought. Yeah. I I don't know. Like Kevin Durant's always going to be the guy who was here first always going to be the guy that took us to the finals, always going to be the guy that was like our first, our first real star mm-hmm. that we, you know, grasped onto. But because of the way he left 
and also the way that Paul George came and stayed in OKC, mm-hmm. I just it's going to be weird in a few <laughs> years because obviously Russ is always number one, always going to be number one. Mm-hmm. If there's ever a statue, it's going to be Russ. Yeah. But, oh, man, like there, there were moments last night. And this is how you know you're watching like just a really good player when you know they're amazing and they're still surprising you. Like when he hits some of those threes, just one after the other, I kept thinking, well, okay, this one's not going to go in. Like at some point, this has to stop. Like what, what's happening right now? And it just kept happening. I kept being surprised the entire game. He takes on the season nine and a half threes a game. He's shooting 41%. And within, I think in January, it's, it's like 45%. Yeah. Let me look up his splits. It's, it's insane. Yeah, three-point percentage in February so far in six games, 47%. January, 44%. December, 43% from three. It's wild. There's a great... <laughs> if, if you haven't read it yet, uh, Dan Devine of The Ringer wrote a really good article about Paul George today. Um, just kind of recapping his season thus far and how he's, even within the last month, has taken it to another level. Yeah. And he's leading the league in steals. Yeah, and he's defending the best player on the opposing team a lot of times. Uh, he's, I mean, he is legitimately an MVP candidate. And I always thought, like, uh, yeah, he's kind of in the conversation. Like, you can you can talk about him when you talk about the MVP. Uh, but no, like he, if if it were if the MVP were based on the last month, like it would be him. Yeah, I think the big thing is that I do think now that this MVP race is going to be a three-man race in the same way that Harden, Westbrook, and Kawhi was a three-man race. It doesn't yep. necessarily mean that Paul George is going to win, but he's going to get votes in the same way that like important people like Zach Lowe voted for Kawhi back in 2016-17. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting because <laughs> it is. I, I'm sure you saw this, but a guy on Twitter, Justin Fan, he put out their net ratings for those three guys. Mm-hmm. So Harden's at plus four. Giannis is at plus seven. Paul George is at plus 19.3, which means that Thunder are plus 10 when he's on the court and they're negative 9.3 when he's off, which he said that's essentially the difference between the Warriors, who are a plus 9.3 as a team, and the Cavs, who are a negative 10.7. <laughs> that is so crazy. That is, is so crazy. Yeah, he, he definitely deserves to be in the top three will he win it i don't know if he continues to do this though and the thunder end up in the two seed uh he could he could seriously win it and you know harden i i just don't know that there's a lot that harden can do at this point because i just don't think this rockets team is is good enough and you know and you've you brought this up on twitter like the comparisons between the harden and the westbrook years are there's a lot of them there um like having to carry your team feel like you're doing everything like 80 percent of his shots are unassisted 80 percent or maybe it's 88 it's something crazy um it the comparisons are there but i think the one thing and i think this is what helped him win the mvp i think one thing that that's not happening is that like the league is not super captivated by what he's doing and like opposing arenas are not super captivated by him scoring 30 points a game. Like arenas, away arenas were counting the stats that yeah. Russell Westbrook was getting and would cheer. Brooklyn 
cheered. The the Nuggets fans cheered for Russell Westbrook when he got a triple double. And then when he scored the last basket to put them out of the playoffs, the arena was just electric. And not because they were sad, because they knew they had just witnessed NBA history. Like, that is not happening on this tour with James Harden right now. And so well, I, I just don't know that it, it is the same, but there are some differences there, too. So not only is it not happening, but it also can't happen. Because this 30-point scoring streak isn't going anywhere exciting. It's not like Westbrook trying to tie and then break uh, Oscar Robertson's total number of triple doubles yeah it's not like trying to set a triple double for a season because he's not going to break wilt's record for 30 point games it's something yep. absurd like 67 games mm-hmm. um you know we we all know that the only person who can break a wilt record is russ because he just did it okay so right. um <laughs> uh, but also so he's he's somewhere like seventh or highest points per game in league history right now harden is and matt moore who i really like he tweeted out last night, Harden is averaging the eighth most points per game in NBA history along with eight assists per game. I am king of the let's break this down across as many factors as possible to get the most accurate analysis, but it's as simple as Harden keeps scoring like this and it's over, which I feel like that's the same argument that people made in 2016, 2017, which is that you have to give it to Westbrook because of the triple doubles, which I don't think you or I was ever saying because our whole point was it was the triple doubles plus this clutch factor yeah. that that really defined that season. And it was something like 13 insane, like end of game clutch moments that Westbrook had that year. Um, and for me with Harden, he really just has like this statistical component, which is cool. But I went back and looked on basketball reference, Andrew of the top 20 highest points per game seasons in NBA history. And again, Harden is like seventh or eighth right now. How many of those 20 guys went on to win MVP in that season? What would you guess? Three? It was five. Okay. So it was Wilt Chamberlain twice, Bob McAdoo, uh, Kareem, and MJ. And all of those teams won at least – the lowest was Bob McAdoo with 49 games. The rest of them all won like in the mid-50s or higher. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't think that the scoring itself is going to be enough to make him the MVP at the end of the season when people actually go back and look at all the stats. Um, So I'm actually coming around. I think it's going to be Giannis. I feel like people are pitting PG and Harden against each other and just totally forgetting about Giannis. And I feel like people are going to end up just kind of choosing Giannis as the default option is like, Oh, I don't have to decide between Paul George and James Harden. Yeah. Cause the, the problem for PG is that yes, he plays better defense. He's a, he's going to be a defensive player of the year candidate. He might win it, but it's not like 2017 where Kawhi was head and shoulders above the other two candidates. Like Giannis is on the number one defensive team right now. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's still a really good defender. And the other thing would be that Paul George is going to have more wins than Harden, which is true. But again, like the Bucks are going to have more wins than either of these teams. So if you're if you're one of those win fetishists, you know, like Zach Lowe was back in the day, he's probably going to go with Giannis. I have a feeling. Yeah, and it's not like they have a bad offense either. They're a top five offense right now. Yeah. I feel like the only con for Giannis is that he plays in Milwaukee. If he played in a slightly bigger city or a city that had more history of people watching it, like the Thunder do, for instance, um, or if they had another star like a Russell Westbrook. 
I think it would be like in the bag for him because he is yeah. putting up insane stats too. But it's going to be fun because I, I feel like there are legit arguments. And unless Harden like really goes insane and keeps this up, which I don't think he can do, but who knows at this point. I do think there's going to be people on all sides of it. Yeah. It's, it is a fascinating MVP race. And I do, I, I think I do lean toward Giannis, but I will say that if Paul George can do any level, anything close to what he's doing right now for the rest of the season, I do think that he'll win the most valuable player. Yeah. And you know, what's weird. Like this morning I look on my podcast feed, every single person's talking about Paul George. Yeah. And meanwhile, you and I are both saying what a great year Giannis has had. You do not hear a ton about Giannis. No. Like breaking down individual games. And I don't know if that's a Milwaukee thing. I don't know if that's an Eastern Conference thing. But people t- are talking about Harden. They're talking about Paul George. But for some reason, it's like everyone just kind of accepted that Giannis was the MVP like in the first month. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. And some of it is like how well-rounded the Bucks are because they have so right. many contributors on their team. Um, and I mean, Giannis, he's got great stats. He's 27 points per game, five and a half or 5.9 assists, 12.6 rebounds per game. Uh, I do think that like not shooting threes and not shooting them well, I think people, people love to hold that against guys in this era. And I think that that's something that will be held against Giannis at the end of the day. Uh, because like he is in the perfect situation right now with all the three point shooting around him and whatnot. Whereas like Paul George and uh, James Harden would could do this probably with anybody. Uh, so it, I, I do think at the end of the day, Giannis will have the best case because they, I think they'll have the most wins. Uh, and he is clearly the guy on that team. And I think those guys, I mean, that's, that's why Steve Nash won two MVPs with the Suns because like he was the guy on the team that had the most wins. They were kind of the story of the season. This Bucks team, you know, the way that they've changed and just the storyline of that Bucks team overall and the way that Giannis has transformed uh, that team and his game, I think that that's, that, that's probably enough. And the, the, the personality that he is, the, what he did? Did you watch the uh, the fan the the draft the other night? The All Star draft? <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was so good. He was <laughs> awesome. I, I want to vote for him for MVP after watching that. Like he was so great. <laughs> like he was so fun. And I think like the I, also like I think people need to start voting for All Star based on who they want the captain to be from now on. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to find yourself with like. I don't think Kawhi would ever win, but you never, ever want him to be the captain because it would be just so boring. Uh, but Giannis was awesome. LeBron was great, too. Uh, they have to find a way to get... If they can get Joel Embiid and, and Russell as the captains, I mean, that would be <laughs> super great. But you just have to... Voters need to be thinking about who they want to be the captain from now on. Uh, but Giannis is great, and he's a deserving MVP winner. But I do think that if Paul George is able to keep up this pace... And the Thunder get you know, like 55, 56 wins and they're second in the Western Conference, uh, which isn't out of the question. The Thunder, the only thing the Thunder has to do to, to get 50 wins this season is go 500 the rest of the way. Right. And if they play like this, they're going to do a lot better than that. Did you see a, in the Dan Devine article, 
he had quotes from both Evan Turner and Damian Lillard. I saw those, yeah. Both both saying like, yeah, Paul George is the MVP. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. It's and like the case is being built right now for for him to win it. This is just nuts. Uh now also in the MVP conversation, did you see the Chris Mannix article for SI? No. It was titled, uh, Russell Westbrook isn't in the MVP conversation. Why not? <laughs> and Andrew, that's where I draw the line, okay? I feel like we were starting to get some good momentum. <laughs> People were starting to appreciate Westbrook. But now Chris Mannix has to go blow it all up by asking if he should be in the MVP conversation. <laughs> yeah. He's going to bring all the haters back out of the woodwork. It's like, yeah. Can't we just be happy with what he's doing? Hank, no! Yeah, Hank is very, very unhappy about this. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want Russell taking away votes from Paul George at this point. Paul George has clearly been the better player. Although Russell, like, is a lot of like Russell's had a. Let's just say that he's had a weird season because he. I had no idea that he was five for nineteen last night until I went back today and looked at the box score. We're so immune to his bad shot taking at this point, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, like he takes some really really bad shots. I think the next evolution of Russell is to keep doing everything he's doing but i think he's got to shoot less and or make shots and i said this the other day like he just one of those needs to happen he needs to start making a higher percentage of shots or he needs to start taking less shots for this team to take it up another notch Uh, because he can't i just don't know the thunder can ever have an elite offense with him taking as many shots as he does uh, because he like he does everything else like he orchestrates his offense perfectly. He is one of the huge reasons Paul George is doing what he's doing today. It puts him in position. He's the reason Terrence Ferguson is the player that he is. I don't think Terrence Ferguson does this for anybody else. I think he does it because he gets to play with Russell Westbrook. And Russell has been such a leader for him off the court and on the court. And he finds him in the corner and he continues to just inject confidence into this guy. That is a huge deal. He's been great. But... Russell is cannot be an MVP. You cannot shoot the ball like this and be an MVP candidate. You just can't. Yeah. And that's okay. Like it, we can still recognize the spectacular season that he's had and how he is better and probably the best version of Russell Westbrook that we've seen. But the, the shooting stuff has, has got to be figured out before we can declare him an MVP candidate. Yeah. Something I've been thinking about lately is what if Westbrook had played like this during that post KD year. Yeah. Um, what would have changed? Not necessarily the shooting, but it, him just taking like a little bit of a step back because I see a lot of Thunder fans out there on Twitter saying like, Oh, everyone used to say he makes his teammates terrible and look at all these guys having career years. But I think that's a direct result of how he's playing now. Like, I don't think anyone, any of us can say that like Oladipo and Sabonis were necessarily maximized during that MVP season. I do think there is, significant value for Westbrook playing this way and the effect it has on his teammates. And there's some guys like Cantor where it's like never going to matter. Like <laughs> Cantor's always going to get his buckets and he yeah. was like a great pick and roll partner for that version of Westbrook. But this version of Westbrook, I mean, all these guys, Jeremy Grant, um, Terrence Ferguson, Paul George, all of them playing at higher levels than we've ever seen before, I think is a direct result of this new Westbrook, even if he can't shoot. Yeah. I think that team wins 44 games if he plays like this. 
Well, honestly, they should have won 44 games if it wasn't for his clutch uh shooting during that season yeah i don't think they're as good i don't that that version of oladipo was not that good he was not in this in the same physical shape that he is and was with the pacers when he came into that pacer season he was in the best shape of his life entering that season and he worked so hard in that offseason because he saw how russell worked and he like vic maybe could have done a little bit more but he just wasn't the same guy in OKC. You know what I mean? Right. And Sabonis, like Sabonis is a center and the Thunder already had Steven Adams and Cantor. So like, like trying to maximize him, like where are the minutes to do that? And then also you like brought in Todd Gibson later, who's yeah. also basically a center and not really a power forward. I mean, like the, the roster was just so ill-fitting and like your best wing was andre robertson who could not shoot it i mean it was just a weird weird team uh and if and maybe like if oladipo i think maybe the argument is like could what would they have looked like last season if he had done this a little bit more like maybe they could have been a much better team last season if he had taken a step back but also like this this version of paul george didn't exist last season you know, he was dealing with a lot of ailments. He had the, all the fluid on his elbow. Uh, remember this time of this time last season, like Paul was in like a major slump and like could not shoot the basketball. Uh, it was a, like it's these last the MVP season was super crazy and had a weird team around him. Last season was just we look. I think we'll look back at last season and just be like, oh, man. And like a lot of the blame will go toward Mello, uh, probably deservingly. Um, but also like Russell didn't start the season. Well, Paul George didn't end the season. Well, and then like the role players that they had on that team were not good. Like all of the guys that are like, I think six (laughs) of those guys are not playing right now. Six. I mean, this team is just a lot different than, than those teams. And Russell, like to his credit is recognizing that. And has changed his game. He's playing better defense. He's getting guys involved. He's, I mean, every, almost everybody on the team is having a career year, uh, including Russell. Like you don't look like Russell's numbers. Obviously they're, they're eye popping because of the triple double, but like the shooting and everything is not great. But I do think that he's, he's having, this is like as close to like best case scenario, Russell this season that you could get if you just take away the shooting problem. Yeah. I mean, I think the only guy who's having a down season is Patrick Patterson. Yeah. Or at least the only guy who's surprising us that he's having a down season. Yeah. And he's been better lately. He was really bad last night, but he's been better. He's been better lately. So what do you think there? I've been thinking about their playoff rotation lately. Mm -hmm. Do you think it'll be eight man? Basically starting lineup plus Nerlens Patterson and uh, yeah. I think they'd like to play nine. Cause that's, who do you want? I mean, because who's going to give Paul George a breather for five minutes? It'd have to be... Who Who would that be? Deontay? It's not Nader. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, I, th- I think it might be Deontay, which sounds insane, Andrew. Does does not. Sounds like music. Maybe this uh, Dante Grantham. <laughs> no. 
He's 6'8". No, 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 no. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He's not a great athlete. I'm not a huge Dante Grantham guy. Hey, they have Deontay Burton at six five on ESPN. Uh, yeah, that's, so, that's extremely generous. <laughs> so I've stood next to him several times. There's just no way he's six foot five. <laughs> oh, the the Thunder did sign a uh, a ten day contract today. That's oh yeah. I, all I news. saw that people were tweeting out was he can't shoot. Mitchell Solomon. He's played for the G League team, the Blue, for like three years. And he signed a 10-day contract. He'll be with the Thunder for 10 days. And I don't I don't know how clarification on this, but does that go through the All-Star break where he's basically just with the team for like three days? <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Um, I don't know if it does or not. If it is, I think it's just like, a, hey, man, thanks for sticking with us. Here's $100,000. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, which would be great. That's a great thing for Mitchell Solomon. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't sit here and pretend that I know a lot about him, uh, but I do not see him playing like uh, rotation minutes for this team. And I don't see him as a guy the Thunder called up because they want him to play. Uh, I it's It seems like a thanks for sticking it out with the blue kind of, kind of thing to me. I could be wrong about that, but um, <laughs> I just, I don't see minutes for Mitchell Solomon going forward. I still I still think the buyout market could there could be some interesting things to come from the buyout market at some point. And the Thunder may take advantage of that. I think they're still watching. Uh but the Thunder do have to carry a certain number of players and you can carry ten guy a ten day guy and that counts. And so it, that's the cheapest way to get to that number of players. And so I, I think that they may Maybe they signed Deontay to uh, the rest of the season, and which I I I'd be surprised if they did that because then they become a restricted free agent after this year. I think that they would oh, li- they would man. like to give him a multi year deal. Um, I just hope he doesn't Daniel house us. So, how quick do they have to get to that number? Uh, I know after the trade deadline they went down. I think it's two weeks. Okay. Okay. I think you think you have two weeks to to get to that number, so they got they have some time, yeah, to get there. Uh, but I, I think the most likely scenario is Deontay gets one of those spots, and then they'll see how the buyout market unfolds and give that to somebody else, uh, which I think makes the most sense. Or they'll sign ten days until the end of the season, um, and then maybe bring bring one of their G League guys up because I just don't know that they need they need honestly they just need five minutes in the playoffs. Cause I think you can, you can play Paul George 42, 43 minutes in a playoff game. And they yeah, probably should, sure. probably should play him that many minutes in a playoff game. And so you don't need that many minutes from, from another guy. So yeah, that's where like 10 minutes from Robertson would be so nice. 10 minutes from Andre would be perfect to amazing. Honestly, 20 minutes from him and you don't play Patterson. Yeah. And he takes just some backup forward minutes from Jeremy and from PG. I think that's probably best case scenario for this team. Uh, and then maybe you even do give Deontay a shot here and there just to see if he can shoot it. Uh, but yeah, I think the play it's the starting lineup. Schroeder plays a ton off the bench. Uh, Noel will play for sure. And then I, I think that it's a little bit of a question mark from there. I think Patterson probably has an edge to play some minutes. 
Uh, but then it's like, I don't know. Like, it could be a guy that we're not even thinking of that's not on the Thunder roster yet. Um, but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. <laughs> uh, Alex, it's uh, it's another huge week across the NBA. With some very yeah. exciting matchups. The Lakers are two and a half games back of the Kings. <laughs> There's only one place to get in on all the action. Do you know where it is, Alex? To get in all the action. Okay. okay. It's betonline.ag. Whoa! <laughs> I would have never guessed that. Sports, casinos, virtual casino, you name it. Betonline.ag is CLNS Media's preferred sports book online. You've got to use the promo code CLNS50. That's 50 for your 50% sign up bonus. That's CLNS50. Betonline.ag, your sports book experts now they want us to choose a matchup of the week and the thunder have one game left i thought we could talk about it it's the thunder versus the pelicans and i haven't checked the final score for the pelicans game tonight but they at one point were down to the magic 29 to 9 uh, and I assume they did not come back and win the game. They did not. They only scored 88 points. Wow. Yeah, I saw at some point uh, Anthony Davis was like 0 for 6. Let's see what he finished. He finished 1 for 9. 3 points in 24 minutes. This That's is gross, this man. Is going great. 11.1%. So the matchup is, do the Thunder decide to show up against the Pelicans Thursday night to finish up the uh, the pre-All-Star break season. Ooh, ooh, that's a tough one. Is it at home? It's away. It's away. So God, this is even deader. Honestly, this is the the matchup ugh. of the week is the Thunder versus themselves. Do they decide to show up? Because if they do, I think that they'll smash this team because the Orlando Magic just beat them by 30. Uh, do the Thunder decide that it matters and we'll see we shall see but you can go to betonline.ag use the url clnsmedia.com backslash win and the promo code clns50 to get a 50 percent cash back bonus on your first deposit that's betonline.ag your online sports book experts hey can i uh i'm on their website right now yeah (laughs) They, you can bet on uh, all the all-star stuff. Ooh. Uh, Hami has the worst odds. He does. Plus 300. Dennis Smith is uh, first, plus 150. And then John yeah. Collins and Miles Bridges. Looking at some of these other ones, three-point contest winner. Anyone you like there, you got uh, Steph. Look at Buddy Heald's the number two. Is he? Yeah. Buddy's interesting. It's always somebody weird that typically wins that. Like uh, Chris Middleton. Ugh. Or Joe Joe Harris. Oh, give me Joe Harris. Joe Harris plus 700. You got to bet on Joe Harris. Oh, yeah. Look at all of these. Ooh, the, you can even bet. You can bet Rodion's Cricks to win, win the All-Star Rising Stars MVP <laughs> if you're crazy. Hey, I was thinking about this. Terrence Ferguson should be a rising star. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know why it didn't happen? Because I thought that too. Um, it had to do because they split it up as world. Yeah. Some of these world guys, like like Chetty Osman, like he's fine, but they could have. He played in Australia. Oh, that's true. Make him a world guy. He's been uh, he's been around the world, but they do oh, say he's from Tulsa when they announce him at the games. Right? Yeah. Let me see. I was going to look at the 
Okay, I can't find. I was looking for MVP odds because I didn't know what they. Were. Oh my gosh! Did you know odds to win the Western Conference? Golden State obviously is number one. Mm-hmm. Houston is still number two. No. Lakers. Lakers is number three. Oh, get your bets in, everybody. Get your bets. Get your bets. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is yeah. That's that's a little nutty. Got a lot of Lakers love out there. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're a public team. They're a public team. That's what are. that means, Andrew. They're a public team. 28. They're 28 and 29 right now. <laughs> the Clippers. They lost to the Hawks. They lost to the Hawks in Atlanta. And they were both so bad. I watched the fourth quarter. It was it was one of the worst NBA games I've seen. Just Somebody posted a video of LeBron at the end of the game getting switched on to well he was the offensive player but trey young got switched on to him yeah and lebron like didn't do anything he just passed it to brandon ingram in the corner yep i saw that just weird it was weird it was weird it was a weird game the body language from the lakers was terrible it was absolutely atrocious they didn't care and reggie bullock's got super weird hair uh you mean reggie bullock (laughs) yeah bullock yes sorry my fault uh okay so we've talked about, let's talk about the Western Conference a little bit. Oh, yes. I have some thoughts. So everyone's freaking out about Oklahoma City's remaining strength of schedule. Yeah. We all know they have the hardest schedule in the league. Mm-hmm. But something I, I had just forgotten, because I'm sure I've looked at this before, but Denver has the third hardest schedule. Hmm. So it's not that crazy. It's not that, like it's, no. It's not like the Thunder are playing the super hard schedule and everyone in the West has it easy, except for... And you know who I'm going to say. Sacramento Utah Kings. Jazz. No, the Utah Jazz. Mm, sorry. <laughs> God, I got really excited. They have the 28th hardest schedule. It's like in it, the Western Conference. How is that possible? Their season, the beginning, go and look at their schedule to start the season. It was brutal. They are going to be at least the three seed. I'm predicting that right now, Andrew. The three? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying who's dropping. But they're going to be a three seed. They're six games back of the two. Hey, bro, what I just tell you? Five games back, five of the Thunder. Five. Hey, to, be, to be perfectly honest, I meant to say the fourth seed, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I said the third seed, so I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I think they'll be in the four or five matchup again, like they were last season. Yeah, likely. What if it was? What if this would be just so perfect? Just Houston here, and Utah. Houston, Utah. Yeah. And Utah beats them in six. Yeah. Just like the Thunder season last year. And then they have to play Golden State. Yes. And then they have to play Golden State and then lose again. But listen, they both teams had Mello on their team. It's just a shame that Mello's not going to be able to play for Houston in the first round again (laughs) (laughs) against Utah. It's just a complete (laughs) shame. But that's, that's a tough matchup. That, yeah, the Jazz are are good. I'm I'm super glad they didn't get Mike Conley though. Like I, I they would be, I I would say that they are a real dangerous team if they um, if they got Mike Conley. I still think they're obviously not the. I don't think they're awesome. Like they're a good team, um, but if they had Mike Conley instead of Rubio, like that's they. I would say they maybe could get to the to the three or to the yeah to the three seed. Right. Um, and then compete to get to the West Finals. But that four or five matchup, like you like the Thunder just want to stay stay out of 
you know, four or five. They want to avoid Golden State at all costs. And they're four games up right now on yeah. Portland and Houston. Yeah. They've they've gotta they've gotta keep that up. And I think they will. I think that they'll finish two or three. Uh Denver's still super good, man. The Thunder do have a better point differential than them right now, but Denver's good. And they're and I don't and I don't know what to think about them getting Isaiah Thomas back. I don't know if that makes him better or worse. He has to be better than Monte Morris. I mean, like, I'm not saying that like he has to be better than Monte Morris. Like Monte Morris has been really good. Yeah. So if he's not better than him, that's kind of an issue for them because obviously Thomas has like the name recognition and he was kind of brought in to kind of revitalize his career. Yeah. Meanwhile, they find this second round guy who's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. He's super good. He was on the same team with, with Nader and with Deontay. What do you mean? Same team, same Iowa state team. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What did that team do? Did they do anything? <laughs> I don't know if they did anything, but also, uh, George Yang. Yeah. It's on that yeah. team. Wow. Yeah. It's a great team. I'm looking this up. It's a great Iowa state team. Um, yeah. So it feels like there's six teams. Like I feel like the top six teams are locks for those positions. Yes. Even though it's really close. Yes, I think there will be some movement. I think we'll see the Jazz. Who would you predict to fall to the sixth, though? Let's say the Thunder stay at three. Who would you want as the sixth matchup for them? Because it could be Portland or Houston or Utah. I, of the, of those, I'd take Portland. I wouldn't feel great about any of them, but I'd take Portland. The two seed would be ideal. Yes, because then you get, we we assume, I mean, who knows? The Spurs have an easy schedule coming up, too, as well. So they they could go on a run. They haven't been great lately. But if you got San Antonio, like you'd be pretty happy. I'd be, honestly, who would scare me the most would be the Kings. Yeah. Just just because they could win. And their those they, road games would be terrifying. Yeah. I, I would very much enjoy a Kings-Warriors series. I think that yeah, could be, be great. I think that could be super fun. You also have Boogie coming back to to the Kings arena and they probably boo him and there'd be I mean it would just be fun. Like that would be that would be a super fun series. Would you would you enjoy a, a Kings Warriors or a Lakers Warriors series more? I I don't want to watch the Lakers right now. Okay. I would always I always take the Kings. Okay. I like that. Plus the, 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 uh, it's not Arco arena anymore. The golden one center, <laughs> yeah. the famous golden one center crowd. Uh, that would just be really cool for them. Oh, it would be amazing. It'd They've be had amazing. it so bad. And it's, it'd be much more fun to laugh at the Lakers missing the playoffs than the Kings missing the playoffs again. It, uh, I'm, I didn't believe it. And I'm just now starting to believe it, that it could happen. Yeah. It could. The Lakers look so bad. Like they, I, I just maybe they come back after the All Star break rejuvenated. But I think that all the trade stuff and like all like the looking into tampering, like I think the off the court stuff has got to be exhausting. Like it's got to be exhausting to be a Laker and have LeBron and Rich Paul and all the stuff in the background. And you like if you're one of the younger guys in the Lakers, like you know, like I, I'm not. I may not be here. You know, come the summer. Like we're going to, and this Lakers team just like they, they lack experience. Like you have Rondo and you have LeBron, like JaVale is JaVale the third most. I mean, I guess 
Tyson Chandler. Like I don't know. Like this, a, it's not a great. It's not a very good roster. It's just not. And maybe Lon, when Lonzo comes back, like he he'll help. Uh, but still, like they're closing games with Reggie Bullock. Uh, it's not looking good. Uh, I would very much enjoy them missing. I'd love for this this top eight to stay as is. To see the Spurs make it again, the Clippers fall out. It'd be great. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't watch a second of Spurs Denver. Oh, that would be so gross. No interest. <laughs> you know what I am interested in? What's that? That's the mule. <laughs> Came out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere you've got to go to the mule it's at 16th and black welder uh in the plaza district near downtown oklahoma city uh they've got hot melts and cold beer it's a great great restaurant uh they have a really nice bar they've got some good tvs uh so if you're looking for a place to watch the thunder battle them themselves in their own minds against the pelicans thursday night uh the mule's a great place you can go grab a, a nice cocktail or a good local beer uh, at their bar. Uh, get some fried cheese curds. Uh, grab yourself a macaroni pony. It's got jalapeno cornbread, chipotle pulled pork, three cheese mac and cheese, and a pickle. I'd recommend the French fries. But also, if you're looking for something super tasty, uh, you should ask for their seasonal side. It is always delicious. Uh, please support the people that support Down to Dunk and go eat at the mule okay alex anything else that you need to say about the thunder um oh i just i thought the starters had this question today on their drop and i thought it was a really interesting question which was Mm -hmm. what's more impressive russ's 10 straight triple doubles or harden's 30 straight 30 point games Mm because i don't really know i think it's a good question i don't know how i would answer like on the one hand you could say well no one's ever done what russ has done but to be fair, it's like they're both chasing Wilt in both cases, <laughs> who's just like a total freak when it comes to NBA yeah. historical records. So I don't know if that really matters. There's probably some like stat chasing in both, although it does it hasn't felt that way with Russ. And it definitely has felt that way with Harden, which, by the way, shout out to Bill Simmons. He's <laughs> been hate. He's been hating on Harden. He has been chasing. He has been. I really appreciated it. Yeah. I've, uh, they've come across my timeline. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I think I would say Russell's for this reason, before you all call me a Homer, uh, who else in the league could do what Russell's doing? So I did think, I think that's how you have to frame this question because, and you have to say put in the same position they're in right now. Yeah, put anybody else in Russell's shoes as the Thunder point guard. Who else would be doing this? Name one other player. I think LeBron is the only one where if you told him, like, hey, could you get 10 straight double doubles? He'd be the one one who could get the closest. Triple doubles. I don't think he could. Whereas, like, with 30 point or 30 straight 30 point games, like, if you told Kevin Durant to do that, I think he could do it. If you told Steph Curry. Mm Mm-hmm. I think maybe not LeBron now, but yeah. in general, I think LeBron could. I'm trying to think if there's other guys. Paul George, even. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, you give, honestly, you give Paul you George that ball, many shots. I mean, look what he's doing right now. Like, he could do it. I feel like he's had a bunch in a row. Maybe he hasn't had like 10 in a row, but he's getting close. Yeah, he's averaged like 38 points over, I don't know what the, the time frame is, but he's 
he's been unbelievable. I think he's a guy that could do it. I mean, just you give anybody the amount of shots and the amount of, I mean, and you have to go earn the free throws, obviously, but give anybody the amount of freedom to just have the basketball like James Harden does. I think that there are a handful of guys that could do what he's doing and not, I don't want to downplay what he's doing. Obviously what he's doing is tremendous. Uh, but I just don't, I don't, I mean, he's shooting 24 shots a game. Uh, he's taking 13 threes a game. So if you gave those, if you gave 13 threes a game to Steph Curry, and I'm said, so confident that Steph could do it. Steph could do it a hundred percent. Uh, but I just don't think anybody else could do what Russell's doing. And that's why I think that it's the most impressive because it, if you're, I mean, it takes a tremendous amount of energy and I know people think that it's just, Oh, it's just, it's so easy. It's, it's nothing. I mean, the amount of energy that it takes to do that night in night out is crazy. And, uh, Antonio Daniels had said this stat today. He was on Colin Cowherd's show which I highly recommend going and listening to that if you have a chance because uh, Antonio just just slams him and it's awesome. <laughs> uh, but he said that the Thunder's record when Russell has a triple-double is 70-20. and 20. You know, I saw the screenshot from that and I thought that was Colin Cowherd saying that and I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> no, it's, it's Antonio. <laughs> okay. Because Cowherd's like, this guy... And I, I can't... Like, listen... Colin Cowherd is saying this, not even because I don't even know if you, I don't even know if he believes what he's saying, but I promise you, if he just was saying just like normal stuff, nobody listens to his show. But like people listen like either because like, oh, I I hate Russell Westbrook. That's awesome. Like I love Russell Westbrook. Why would he say that? Like you go and you listen when he has these dumb takes. Like that's how, how all these shows exist, you know? is because like they just generate listens and attention because it's just so outrageous. Uh, so yeah, like you have to like pump the brakes on like being mad at Colin Coward or like Stephen A. Smith or any of these dudes. Like they're just, they're just on air personalities that are trying to garner attention. And if they just, if they're just straight down the middle, just, you know, Russell's had a pretty good season, you know, <laughs> wish you could shoot it better, but you know what? He's playing great. <laughs> Uh, no, like that doesn't get you national attention. You tell everybody that Russell is hurting the game because he is taking a stat sheet and pulling it out and looking and analyzing just to chase those stats that like people are going to, there's a lot of people outraged by it, you know, and there's a lot of players that, that do this. Brett Dawson brought it up last night that you know, he's seen LeBron James take a statute with him to the free throw line, look at it, crumple it up and throw it to the bench. Like guys do that during games. Right. Um, but anyways, I think long way to say this. I think the most impressive thing is Russell Westbrook <laughs> getting 10, 10 straight to triple doubles. So I just looked it up. So Paul George has had 10 of his last 12 over 30. Wow. Now, is that more impressive than what Harden? <laughs> <laughs> what is more impressive? The, the truth is, it's crazy what's happening this season. Like the high level of play that we're seeing out of so many players. And I think what it does most for me is it gets me so excited for next season. Because we, 
will most likely have a Kevin Durant that will have his own team. And you throw Kevin into this mix, like Kevin could win the MVP next year. Like every yeah. like don't don't sleep on who he is because he has had to take a backseat because if you don't with Golden State it doesn't work. Like and Steph for that matter. Like you throw like all these stats are crazy this year. I think it's going to explode next year. Because I do think that Russell as his as he ages will have to take an even more like a step back and give Paul George a little bit more rain. And I think you're going to see more from Paul George next season with thunder. I think you're going to see just the same kind of stuff from James Harden. I think you're going to see a golden state team that is going to have a different kind of life to them, uh, where they are just going to unleash Steph Curry on the league again. And it's going to be super fun. Uh, you're going to see an unleash Kevin Durant, wherever he goes, if it's New York or wherever, uh, I think that this is only scratching the surface of what we could see as far as like crazy individual stats uh, and like a fun NBA season. Like you still have Giannis. You're going to have the guys in Philly. You have whatever's going to happen in Boston, whatever's going to happen with AD. If AD goes to Boston or wherever, like it's, I, I just think we're scratching the surface of like the crazy stat lines and the crazy statistics. I think that this is just the beginning of that. Yeah. Hey, Andrew, update. Clay Thompson just got hurt. Uh, what kind of hurt? Uh, not too bad. He just dislocated his finger. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's on his shooting hand? Uh, is he left-handed? No. Okay, then no. Um, okay. I don't think but, he is. Uh, but hey, Rudy Gobert might get an all-star spot now. Oh, yeah. interesting. And Poor Cl- little Rudy. And Clay gets to rest. Yes, you know he who, needs it. You know who needs the all-star break more than anybody, I think? Steven Adams. Steven freaking Adams, man. Jeez. There was a moment last night where I thought he like permanently injured his foot the way he was <laughs> wimping around. And then I realized he had just like fallen out of his shoe. but was <laughs> continuing to play. He's looked weird. Lately. Oh, Steve just he needs some rest, man. He need, when he when he falls down, I feel like he's getting up slower and slower. I'm getting worried. He played 35, 35 minutes last night. He's still plus six. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, his his nine and one stat line from last <laughs> night. Hey, he held Nurkic below That's nine. One. I mean, below double digits. That is that is something. That is honestly, that should they should come up with a stat for that. Some kind of holding Nurkic under 10 in OKC. That's a stat that should be recorded. Because that's that's an achievement. He only took seven shots. That's and that's yeah. also Steven. Like keeping him from doing that. The Blazers had a weird night. They had a super weird night. Lillard yeah, was but, awesome. Is CJ McCollum just not that good this season? Dude, that's exactly what I thought when I was watching him last night. And then yeah. I went and looked at his basketball reference and it's like exact same stats as previous years. Is it really? The exact. Like he's having in fact he's actually having a slightly better shooting season. But yes, it does feel that way, and it's felt that way this whole season. That is bizarre. So I don't know. I can't explain it. Yeah, I don't know about that, man. You know, he once led the uh, the league in free throw percentage. Uh, okay, uh, I think that's all that we have for <laughs> for tonight's show. Uh, I'll be publishing this probably sometime uh, Tuesday night instead of Wednesday morning. So, it'll, but it'll be here Wednesday morning for you. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow Alex on Twitter at Al Baby Cakes. Follow our show at Down 
to dunk leave us a five-star itunes review if you have a chance we would really appreciate that Uh, i read all of them and it really helps us uh in a lot of ways if you just take the time to do that if you have an iphone super duper easy click on the purple podcast app um, and search down to dunk you'll see our logo click on it hit five stars boom that's it you're done so i know there's still tons of you that haven't done that so if you could do that today that would be very helpful uh, we'll talk to you guys again on friday go to the mule go to betonline.ag use the promo code clns50 and we'll talk to you guys again friday Do you want me to start doing it? I want you to start doing it. Okay. <laughs> I'm leaving this in too. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Deborah Buckets Basketball Hour, the number one spinoff podcast of Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Deborah Buckets, a.k.a. Al Baby Cakes, a.k.a. Lordy Lordy Mom Turn 40, a.k.a. Sweet Daddy Molasses. Since we last spoke, the Nas- National Basketball Association experienced another in a long line of historic moments. Wilt's 100-point game, the baby skyhook, the flu game, the decision, the Ray Allen shot, 73-9, and the Kyrie shot, Russ's triple-double streak, and now, entering the pantheon of historic moments, the 2018-19 Houston Rockets getting under the luxury tax. Woo! We did it! What a moment last Thursday. A team that less than nine months ago was potentially one Chris Paul injury away from their first NBA title in over 20 years. A brilliant mix of Maury Ball and an elite defense that proved to be this version of the Warriors' greatest threat. Nine months later, that same team has the cleanest books I've ever seen. It's beautiful. And listen, coming that close to NBA history was probably a lot of fun, no doubt. But you know what else is fun? Uh, when you meet your savings goal for the month, okay? And the Mint app sends you a sweet little message congratulating you and telling you to keep it up and that you're so smart. You know what's fun? Uh, listening to Dunked On and hearing them tell you that your team's been a good little boy with their cap space, okay? You know what's fun? Lucking into an historic season from your star so that everyone is distracted from the fact that your team is on pace to win 17 fewer games than you did last year. Now, sorry if I'm different, but that's what's fun to me, and that's why I watch basketball. Now, in celebration of this monumental event, I'm excited to debut a brand new game show that will likely be sweeping the nation by the time you hear this. It's called Fertita or Frittata. Now, here's how the game works. I read a clue, I put three seconds up on the board, and then you have to guess whether that clue is in reference to Houston Rockets owner Tillman Frittita or the popular breakfast item, the frittata. So let's get started. Clue number one. This person or breakfast item said the luxury tax did not influence the Rockets offseason. Three seconds on the clock, Hank. Count it down. Three, two, one. Uh, correct answer well that was tillman fertita who said the luxury tax did not influence the rockets offseason and i'm over here like um you know what else didn't influence the rockets offseason uh the basketball reference pages for any of the guys they signed boom roasted hank play that drop burn notice Woo! let's get it 
I'm hanging out with five of my best boys right now, and they are going crazy in my living room. Woo! All right. Got to calm down, and let's move on to clue number two. Okay. Clue number two. An egg-based dish similar to an omelet or crustless quiche that is cooked over low heat and has deeper filling and fluffier texture compared to a traditional savory omelet. All right, let's get three seconds up there, Hank, and count it down. Three, two, one. Correct answer there. Frittata. I know it was a little tricky, but hopefully you heard the key phrase in there, which was an egg-based dish. Okay, so now on to clue number three. Clue number three is originated in Italy. Clue number three, originated in Italy. Let's count it down. Three, two, one, buzz. Correct answer. Both. Fertita and frittata. So now you're seeing that there's a little depth to this game. There's a little depth to Fertita or Furtada. This isn't a child's game, okay? Uh, I, I will say, though, this game is perfectly appropriate for any of your children as long as they understand who Tillman Fertita is. Now, can you believe that? The answer is both. The Frittata is an egg-based dish that originates from Italy. And get this, Tillman Fertita's ancestors immigrated from Sicily. Huh, what a game. All right, moving on to clue number four. Clue number four. This person or breakfast item said that they weren't afraid to pay the tax, pay the tax as long as their team was a legitimate contender. All right, three seconds on the clock. Three, two, one. Correct answer. Well, that was Tillman Fertitta, owner of the Houston Rockets, who apparently no longer thinks the Rockets are legitimate contenders. It's sad, isn't it? Meanwhile, OKC has now evolved into part basketball team, part charity, raising their massive luxury tax bill to pay for all these disadvantaged small market teams like the Houston Rockets, who just couldn't keep up with the big league cities. It's a shame. But shout out to those OKC owners for taking on the burden of helping all of these struggling franchises. And now our last and final clue, clue number five, a Fertita or Frittata. Clue number five, this perfect, this person or breakfast item is constantly getting burned by idiots like me. Three seconds on the clock. Three, two, one. And the answer it's both again. I never flip my frittata at the right time. It's always black on the bottom. Hank, play that drop. Bird notice. All right. Well, that wraps up the first and probably last edition of Fertita or Frittata. I really want to keep this game alive, though. I know there's a lot of board game heads out there. And what I would suggest is that your next game night, your friends come over. They say something like, hey, Alex, we love the idea of game night, but we're really getting tired of playing Jackson Marbles and Hoop and Stick every time we come over. And also, uh, we're tired of you playing Hoop and Stank every time we play Hoop and Stick. It's not funny. Now, when that happens, why not suggest the first ever basketball breakfast dish combo game for Tita or Frittata? Now, that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Deborah Buckets Basketball Hour. Follow me at, at AllBabyCakes. Follow Andrew at, at Andrew K. Select. Tune in for the Fry Pod, the Moon Pod. And then we'll see you back here next Wednesday. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Debbie.